Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Welcome to this special masterclass. We've brought some of the top experts in the world to help you unlock the power of your life through this specific theme today. It's going to be powerful, so let's go ahead and dive in. What is the greatest strategies you've discovered in the last couple of years of, you know, managing stress, overcoming it, facing it that some people can start to learn how to implement as well? Okay. So, um, I happen to be, in my opinion, one of the world's leading experts on anxiety because I struggled with it for a long time. Mm. And a couple of our kids have had profound bouts with anxiety and I learned things the hard way. And so everything I'm about to share is not medical advice. It is life tested wisdom from having to dig myself out of mental holes and messes. Thanks to, um, what used to be very chronic anxiety. So first, let me explain what anxiety is. It is an alarm in your body that is designed to agitate you. That's all that anxiety is. It's an alarm in your body that is designed to agitate you, to wake you up, because that alarm wants to get your attention so that you can focus on giving yourself what you need in that moment. Okay. Um, I also want to preface what I'm about to teach everybody and to share with you by saying that a lot of this I have learned recently. And one of my favorite experts on this subject is somebody you should bring on this show. His name is Dr. Russ Kennedy. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book called Anxiety Rx. And I have, for the past two years, been in talk therapy And I have been in um, guided uh, nervous system therapy, like the EMDR, 
I have also done um, some of the psychedelic modalities in a therapeutic setting, uh, MDMA and ketamine, uh, in terms of my own nervous system. And I've also started adding cold exposure. You're trying it all. I'm trying whatever it, it takes because I am so sick of living inside a body that feels on edge all the time. Yeah, it's not. And I'm tired of having a mind that basically is on a constant campaign for what's wrong. So I made a decision that I was gonna jump all into this space two years ago. So weekly therapy, EMDR, the ice uh, cold, cold exposure, yeah. which is learning how to tolerate basically fight or flight and calm yourself through breathing and through the exposure. I have done the guided psychedelic stuff in terms of smoothing out my nervous system and uh, learning how to truly, I guess, heal and reprogram my body as it relates to past trauma. And I've done traditional talk therapy. And so from Dr. Russ Kennedy, one of the things that I learned recently that is just amazing is that all anxiety comes from one source. What's that? It is when your original alarm went off as a child, and you probably don't even remember because it happens even in moments where you're nonverbal. It's a moment of separation from parent. Mm -hmm. So the original alarm that you felt, because that's all that anxiety is. Anxiety is an alarm that's designed to wake your ass up, okay? Because you need something. Mm -hmm. So if you and I are driving down the street, Lewis, and all of a sudden a car swerves in our lane, you will feel a wave of adrenaline and anxiety. That alarm goes off to get you to wake the fuck up. It's needed. And turn the car. To be on alert. Yes. But when that car is no longer in a lane, the, the alarm disappears. So for people with generalized anxiety or you feel like you're in a chronic state, that what's happening is you have an alarm going off in the background all the time. That seems exhausting. It is exhausting. And so what's happened for the majority of the population in the past two years, because we are not designed to live with that much sustained uncertainty, is that you right now, I personally believe every human being, unless you are in therapy attacking this, or you have a massive meditation practice, I believe every single human being right now has their alarm turned on internally. Because for months on end, it was sustained uncertainty in the news and a brand new experience with the lockdown. And so of course you went into an alarm state. In fact, for those of you that are working uh, in an office where you're still on Zoom calls from seven in the morning till seven at night, that is a company whose culture is in an alarm state, Mm -hmm. right? Everything's an emergency. Everything is on fire. Everything is constantly changing. And so what I've learned is this, and, and so that original source is separation, okay? Separation meaning you have an experience as a child where you feel separate from the adult and the love that you needed. There is a situation that makes you like feel nervous, and then you feel like your parent is not reassuring you. That's how it begins. Mm-hmm. This is what I learned from Dr. Kennedy that is changed my freaking life. This is actually what our episode is about, the fourth episode. It's like two hours Mm. long. We unpack the whole thing. Like, it's just one mind-blowing thing after another. 
So I, for years, Lewis, chronic anxiety, I would attack it in my thoughts. I would interrupt thoughts. I would reprogram thoughts and it works. It works to attack the worries, but it doesn't get to the source. So it's limited. It's like a surface level. It's part of the toolkit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's part of the toolkit, right? And so, you know, I'd get worried about something. I'd be like, five, four, three, two, one. And then I'd think about something else. Or I'd reprogram it and I'd come back. But of course it comes back because you will always have moments in your daily life that give you a wave of alarm. Uh And by the way, anxiety is not just like feeling on edge. Anxiety is anger. Anxiety can be withdrawal. Anxiety can be any friction in your body. It manifests differently for different people. Yeah. And so it's like when you go from a state of peace and calm to a state of being in hyper alert, that's what anxiety is. And it's this alarm that's like, whoa, 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 pay attention. Now, most of us are afraid of it or we don't like it. And so we try to ignore it by drinking or ignore it by being busy Mm -hmm. or suppress it by just at people. But it's like this alarm in you that something's up, something's up, something's up. Like, I don't like that. Like something is trying to wake your up. So what does chronic anxiety feel like? It feels like having, it feels like you're a car that's at a um, intersection and the light goes green and your feet are on the gas and the brakes simultaneously. Oh man. So like you're revved inside. Um, For anybody that has childhood trauma, it can be an experience, Lewis, and I'm sure you can relate to this of like being on edge waiting for the next shoe to drop. Having your thoughts be five or six steps ahead. Never being in the room that you're in because you're thinking about what's next. Mm-hmm. It's very, very common to have very few memories from childhood or from your 20s or your 30s if you have chronic anxiety or you have some sort of trauma that you haven't addressed because if you're constantly on what's next, anticipating what's coming, you're never in the room where you are to make those memories. And also when your nervous system is in a state of alert, the cognitive functioning of your brain is impaired. And so you're busy looking for what could be wrong. Right. And you might be thinking about the meeting with your boss tomorrow instead of being in the room that you're in. Yeah. And it's really hard to to create from a stress state. You can't. It's very challenging to be creative and flow from stress. Yes. Yes. Now look, it's challenging because... It also fuels busyness and drive and like being worried about something can be very motivating. Yes. And so it, it, it was for a very long time hardwired into my success and it kept getting rewarded and rewarded and rewarded. Because you're getting results. Yes. In the external world. But yes. in the internal world, you're still feeling anxious and stressed. Always. That's why it's never enough. Because I'm not even here to enjoy this conversation. I'm already thinking about the thing I need to do at two o'clock. I mean, I'm currently not doing that, but that was my lived reality for a long time due to childhood trauma, due to these feelings of being separate. Mm -hmm. And so here's the huge aha moment. So number one, anxiety is an alarm. Number two, your anxiety is from a moment where you feel separate. Okay. You could feel separate from yourself. You could be walking into a huge presentation at a venture capital firm and you feel separate from the people that are now going to watch the presentation. So you start to feel that wave and that on edge, that alarm go off, right? Mm -hmm. 
And the alarm is designed to get you to wake up because you need something in that moment. And here's the kicker. I always thought <clears throat> that anxiety was about what's wrong, okay? Anxiety is the little Lewis saying, hey, I need a little reassurance right now. Mm -hmm. Hey, I need a little love right now. That's all that it is. And when you can teach yourself in moments where the alarm goes off, Lewis, to not race up to your head and start negotiating, it's going to be fine. These venture capital people are going to love you. That helps on some level to be like, nope, I'm excited to do this. I got this to coach yourself through it. But if you really want to transform your experience of life, go from the shoulders down, notice that there's an alarm going off. Then I want you to realize it's the little you saying, I feel a little nervous right now. Could you just tell me I'm going to be okay? Mm -hmm. And I've gotten to the point where I can just put my hand right here, find the spot that feels right for you, and literally give yourself a little love, as stupid as that sounds. And that alarm goes off. Yeah. It's freaking nuts. It's learning how to parent yourself. The, the wounded child inside of you, you being the adult in the room. It is. And the big game changer, though, is that it's about needing love from yourself. Because if you're experiencing anxiety, you are not, you're also Separate blocking from yourself. yourself from love and from assurance and from the shit that you need and you might not have gotten as a kid. What happens if you put your need to be loved on someone or something else? As then opposed... you lose control of it. Mm-hmm. Because it's always depending on, do they accept me? Do they like me? Do they invest in me? Well, this, do they yeah, did me? they invest in me? Do they hire me? How do I do? Like, is my podcast rating high? Like, every day, you are going to experience moments where that alarm goes off. Because every single day in life, there is something that will trigger insecurity or feeling separate. You know, one example I can give you that's really simple is I was invited to a little, like, party in my new community. And it may be odd to people to hear this, but even though I'm extroverted, I still get nervous mm. when I walk into uh, any kind of networking meeting or any kind of room with a lot of people in it where I'm going to have to introduce myself. There is an experience of feeling separate from everybody. And so even walking into a small gathering at somebody's house where I know everybody, the point of which is for me to get to know people better. Walking in, I could feel the alarm going off. And having just learned what I learned, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm feeling this noticeable separation. And all I need to do is be like, well, you got this. Like, mm -hmm. it's okay that you feel a little nervous. You can take a breath. You can walk in there when you're ready. It's going to be good. Like giving myself exactly what I needed, which was a little love and reassurance, it completely went away. Right. It's powerful. It's really powerful because I think most of us that experience waves of anxiety hate it. I hate it. I, I'm like, I hate this. Like, get rid of this. Why do I have to be out? I'm going to have anxiety forever. Sure. And the truth is that when I, yes, you need talk therapy. Yes, you need to use the five second rule and interrupt mm -hmm. the habit of worrying. And yes, you need to reprogram a different way of talking to yourself. And yes, you need to go and high five the mirror, which by the way is also neck up because you're taking a physical action that then 
triggers new programming up here. But it all begins with an alarm in the body. So if you want to heal this, you have to start to go neck down. Mm -hmm. You need to start to learn how to, in those moments, not be annoyed or scared of the alarm, but to actually turn toward it. So that's number one. Uh, go toward the alarm. Know that it's a call from the little you needing a moment of reassurance or love. And you'll start to spot it all the time now. And not needing the reassurance from others, but no, yourself. from yourself. Because if you only rely on others and they don't give it to you when you need it, you're yeah. going to feel anxious. Yeah. Well, think about this. If I were to start to cry right now and tell you that I'm super anxious and something's happened and na 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 na, what would you do? I would support you and comfort you and give you a hug. And yes. Then, yeah. And how would that? That make me feel amazing. Yeah. But we don't do it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And, or if you're alone and you don't have that person with you. Yeah. How do you handle it on your own? You hug yourself. No. Literally, take a towel and no. go like this. Mm -hmm. It feels like a freaking hug. Mm -hmm. Put your hands on your heart and take a couple deep breaths and tell yourself what you would tell somebody else. And the alarm disappears because it's not trying to tell you that something's wrong. The alarm of anxiety is telling you that there is something missing right now for you. And what's missing is a feeling of safety and a feeling of like deep connection with self. That's all that's missing. And so when you reframe it as a way to let love in, and that it is a way to let love in from yourself, you start to change the way that your body experiences moments mm -hmm. that trigger you from childhood. And so like, I think so much of what I am trying to put out into the world is this notion that everything needs to start with addressing these feelings that we have. Mm -hmm. Like for me, you want to change your life, there is a very simple formula that's not easy to do. You need to take action before you feel like it. You need to take the actions that the person that has what you really want and deserve in your life, you need to take the same type of actions before you feel like that person. You must act first, period. That's how you change. When it comes to healing your body and when it comes to anxiety, you have to, instead of running away from it or numbing it, because the anxiety feeling is triggering you to grab the alcohol. It's triggering you to get very busy and start running errands or to, or it's triggering you to turn on the TV or hit the vape pen or hit the joint or whatever. And that feeling could be boredom. It could be a sense of overwhelm. It could be insecurity. Like, cause think about what happens. Let, let's take the example of you're dating and somebody hasn't texted you in a day. They left you unre unread, you know, like you start to get that wave. The alarm goes off because what do you need? You need some love and reassurance. But what we do instead is, you know, you, you see that you're still on red and you grab the vape pen. That is you dealing with your anxiety mm -hmm. in a destructive way. What do you do? You like start scrolling through social media, which makes you insecure. Mm -hmm. That is you trying to distract yourself or numb or whatever. This, this, this uncomfortable feeling that you don't know how to deal with when really that feeling requires one action. Love. Love from self. But why is it so hard for so many people to love and accept themselves? Because when you were a child, love was transactional. You were taught 
that if you're doing what I want, I love you. Mm-hmm. We all do it. I did it to my kids too. You know, I didn't mean to. Like we all parent, uh, we try to parent through connection, but we tend to correct our kids a lot. And so you learn that is that if if I'm not doing what you want me to do, then you don't like me right now. You don't love me. And we learn that if we are getting into the right school or we're getting good grades or our team is doing well in sports or we are interested in medicine because dad's interested in medicine, that that's how you earn love. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And, you know, I, it's, it's very hard to, with day-to-day life, not do something that f***s your kids up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even if, you're, even if you're being cautious and healthy and all the right things. Of course, because you can't yeah. read your, the, your mind. You can't. You don't know what they're perceiving and how they take your conversation and what you said, what you didn't say. Yep, yep, yep. And they are learning by observing and absorbing. And mm-hmm. so that means that there are going to be moments where they deeply need a hug and they need a quieter tone of voice. And you've just slammed your laptop shut and you've just yelled out something because of somebody being like a jerk to you at work. And your kid was standing behind you and needed something. Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, that's why we don't actually know how to love ourselves. You have 
a way that you deal with pain. Because when you feel disappointed, that is a form of pain. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us either withdraw from it or we try to expel it in some way. Yes. Or you try to outrun it. Yeah. Another thing I was thinking about as you're saying this is kind of like figuring out what your main currency is in a relationship, why you want to have a relationship, and your main currency in life. For me, at this season of my life, my main currency is peace, mm. wanting to create and experience peace within me mm -hmm. and within my relationship. Um, because the world is going to have challenges and disasters and adversities and my business, there's going to be things already thrown at me in my life, but in my relationship, I want peace. Mm. So that was, an, and she wants, you know, adventure and exploration and fun and all these things, but she wants peace as well. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I'm cool with all that as long as it's peaceful too, you know? <laughs> well, one of the things that I'm working on right now, and I don't have the answer to this, uh -huh. is I, you know, obviously I know I married an introvert, right? And Chris is the definition of peace. That's I mean, nice. I mean, the guy is a that's amazing Buddhist meditation instructor. It's incredible. He is getting a master's in transpersonal psychology right mm -hmm. now. He leads men's retreats. He's a amazing. yoga instructor. It's amazing. He works for hospice. He's about to get a certificate to be a death doula. Like when you talk wow. about somebody that is deeply spiritual, grounded, introverted person who really connects with people one on one, that's my husband. And so the thing that I'm really trying to figure out in this next chapter of our marriage, because I feel like in many ways we are in the beginning of a second marriage because we have done so much work on ourselves and our kids are now grown up. Mm -hmm. And there's this opportunity after 28 years to really look at each other with fresh eyes, That's right? Beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's huge. And so I... Instead of, there's two things that I want to share that have really helped me. One is, instead of focusing on the things that I don't like about Chris, right? And there are plenty of things he does not like about me. That right. If he could wave a magic wand, <laughs> sure, I would change this about my wife, Mel. Um, one of the things that I've done is to say, well, what is, like, describe two moments where you just felt that, like, oh my God, this is my person. And so there are two moments, and there's a great exercise to do. Like, just think, what are those two moments that really encapsulate, like just that flood of peace and love and safety and connection? And one of them for me with Chris is this. Um, we had just met and we were meeting to go out to dinner after work in New York mm -hmm. City. And I was standing in front of that Flatiron building on, you know, 23rd. I love it. And I looked up Fifth Ave and I could see Chris coming. And he was wearing a suit and he had a messenger bag slung over his shoulders. He had Ray-Bans on and he was rollerblading and That's weaving cool. in and out of traffic because he grew up as a ski racer. And he's like a big adventurer. And he had this huge smile on his face. And it was like strength at play, right? Cool. That was what I felt. And then the second thing that came to mind is that when we first uh, got together, we almost uh, like a couple months after knowing each other, we went out to Utah to meet his best friend who was already married. 
And Jeff and Dars live in Idaho and like they're basically pioneers. You know, they hunt, they fish, they like live in a log cabin, built their own house. Like they're freaking amazing. And so we went fishing and there was a freak snowstorm that night. And so literally it started snowing as we're cooking dinner, like in June, dude. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, what have I gotten myself into? Mm -hmm. So I go back to the tent and I'm rummaging around for a sweatshirt of some kind. And I notice my sleeping bag is warm. And I flip the bag open and Chris has filled up one of those Nalgene bottles mm. with hot water he had Ooh. boiled on a campfire and stuck it in there like a hot pocket. That's pretty nice. Right? Very thoughtful. Yes. And so those are two memories. And so I came up with this. He's doing an active service for you. No. Because that's what I'm he like, wants. So he's correct. doing the thing he no wants. No kidding. And meanwhile, I'm ignoring him and telling him he's so amazing. <laughs> yeah. And he just can't even hear it because he wants yeah. acts of service. Uh -huh. And so because his parents weren't home, yeah. right? Growing up. So he, um, so I developed an avatar for the behavior in Chris that I love. I call it my trip leader. Because when we're out hiking, when we're on an adventure, Chris is in charge. He has strength at play. Mm. He is a caretaker. He's 55 steps ahead of me. I'm the yard sale in the back. Like that is when cool. he shines. And so it has been super helpful for me to remind myself that he's a trip leader because it makes me take a step back mm -hmm. and it allows him to take a step forward into his power. So that's one thing that I've been working on. And the second thing that I'm working on is this sense, uh, you called it peace. And we've talked about this sort of mismatch and the mismatch being that you might speak different love languages. You might have different values or a different lifestyle. Extrovert, introvert, Extrovert, yeah. introvert, all that kind of stuff. Um, that if you are gonna work to close that gap somehow without changing one another, realize that your marriage doesn't have to be everything and it right. shouldn't be. Yeah. And so for a while I started to get nervous because Chris is very introverted. I mean, we live in Southern Vermont on the side of a mountain now. Mm -hmm. And I started to realize I'm actually sad here all the time. Like a part of me needs this spaciousness, but mm -hmm. I have to be around people. Me too. I have I to need have to walk the buzz. somewhere. Yeah, and grab yes, coffee I need and to go see people. Yeah. Do something. Not every day. Yeah. And so I started to realize, well, wait a minute. I don't have to turn Chris into like the party guy. I can have my friends be that. Absolutely. I can have work be that. Absolutely. Like I can fill that in different areas instead of being frustrated that this one person isn't filling everything. Yeah. And so really recognizing, I think, what somebody's capacity is, allowing them to step forward in certain roles, but allowing them to be themselves and step back in others and not punishing them for it. 100%. That is something that I've been Re Chris is better at it than I am. Like he's way more forgiving. He's way <laughs> kinder. He's more patient. Sure. And he's probably creating boundaries just like you are. Oh, yeah. Which is key. Yeah. You know what we've spent the last three therapy sessions talking about? Boundaries? Nope. What? A new puppy. Getting a new puppy? One <laughs> yeah. of you wants one, one of you doesn't? The whole family wants a puppy. But you don't? Chris doesn't. He doesn't. Yes. Because he you know knows why? he's going to have to do all the work. Yes. He's like, I don't want this. I'm yes. already doing all the work. Yeah, for the dog that 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 we got 
Two and a half years ago. Exactly. He's uh -huh. already like two hours of my day is going towards the dog activities uh -huh. while you guys uh -huh. are off working and uh -huh. doing this and uh -huh. running your lives. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of big responsibility. Well, because the puppy is an example of bigger themes. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want to abandon himself to please others. Yes. And that's probably what he's done for 26 years. Not yes. with everything. I'm sure it's not like all like that. But this is what I had to learn in the last two years of therapy too. Is just like, okay, I was always trying to make someone else happy because they were never happy with who I was. They, mm. they never accepted me. So they always wanted to change me. And so I would change who I am to try to please them. Right. And then after months and months and years, you're like, I'm just abandoning who my real nature is for one human being and dimming my light. And I'm not trying to blame anyone here. This is all my responsibility by choosing and staying in relationships. So it's not their fault. It's my responsibility to yeah. exit or to know this when it happens and have a conscious conversation calmly yeah. and take responsibility and say, no, I'm not going to do this. Are you okay with who I am? But I think creating those boundaries and not abandoning yourself is such a key element to healthy relationships. Yeah. So it's, it takes a lot of courage after 26 years for him to start speaking up probably about what, about he, what he needs. As opposed to just saying, okay, it'll make all my family happy. I'm going to do this. Well, he, he was trained don't. as a kid that his needs don't matter. Absolutely. And so it's really good for him. And so it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Uh -huh. And it's a, it's a huge gift to have this side of my husband showing mm -hmm. up after all of these years. And it's a huge gift to me mm -hmm. to actually have a partner that's helping me heal mm -hmm. and be softer. That's beautiful. And have somebody take care of me. Mm -hmm. And it's just incredible. And so, you know, the thing is, is that the wrong relationship magnifies your insecurity and your emotional dysregulation. And the right relationship with a lot of work, helps you heal. Absolutely. How should we manifest the the dreams that we have inside of us? Okay. And what's your thoughts about the law of attraction on how to apply it the right way or? Yeah, I think, well, I think the law of attraction and manifesting are the same thing. Mm -hmm. So law of attraction for everybody who has not read The Secret is simply your thoughts become things. Mm -hmm. And it's true. We've talked all about how when you have a negative self-talk, it tends to draw more of that to you. I think about it like lint in a dryer. Once negative stuff starts to collecting, it uh. collects a lot more. We can also talk about your brain filter, something called the reticular activity system and how it is a live network that filters the brain. We'll dig into that deeper, but let's do surface level right now, manifesting law of attraction. So here's what everybody gets wrong about manifesting. Everybody, at least kind of in the mass market, what you're trained to think about when you think about manifesting is vision boards. Mm -hmm. And when you hear the word vision boards, you think about the big stuff. Should you have big dreams? Of course you should. Should you dream of building a mansion on the ocean if that's your thing? Yes. Should you dream of the log cabin? Yes. If you want a Lamborghini or the new Ford Bronco, should you put? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. If you want the family, if you want the body, should you think about? Yeah, absolutely. Here's where everybody goes wrong. You dream about the end, you make this gorgeous collage of all this stuff that has nothing to do with your current life. <laughs> yeah. That literally is you're sitting in your studio apartment with the cat box that hasn't been <laughs> changed in two weeks. No food in the fridge. No yeah. food in the fridge. And you're looking for a job and you're staring at a mansion going someday. <laughs> 
it's going to make you feel like a loser yeah. because the gap between where you are and where you want to go it seems insurmountable. And so what happens based on the research is when you only visualize the end game, Lewis, it's demotivating. Mm. At first, it's really fun to like have a bottle of wine and make your like collage. I'm going to visualize. I'm going to slap this up. There's my vision board. It's fabulous. Law of attraction, baby. Come on. I'm going to think about it. It's going to come to me. Okay, I've been doing this for two days. Mm. I'm not, I'm still in this apartment with the cat box that needs to be changed. The way to visualize properly is to visualize the bridge between where you are and where you need to go. The bridge. Yes, and particularly the horrible stuff. Mm. So let's use your example of the marathon. The vision board would be Lewis crossing. Woo! The arms up with the yeah, metal. the arms up the yes. metal. Exactly. The high fives. Yeah, high fives. I did it. Yes, I did it. Exactly. That will not help you. Because when you hit mile 13 on the actual race and it is sleeting rain. You're saying, why am I doing this? Yes. And it feels nothing like that thing on your vision board. You're going to start a negative dialogue. I can't do this. My knees hurt. This is not what I thought it was going to be. I'm not ready for this. I didn't train for this. I'm running New York. I trained in LA. Are you mm, running in New York? LA. Okay, good. Well, then at least you trained in the right weather. Yeah, yeah. So on and on and on. And you are going to tank yourself. What you do by visualizing the bridge is you train your nervous system and your mind to do the hard work. Mm -hmm. So you should visualize not crossing the finish line, but what is it like to be at mile 12 when your batteries run out on your earbuds? Yeah. Oh, I'm serious. Yeah. And you keep going. What's it like when your shoelace breaks and mm -hmm. now your heel is lifting and you're starting to get a blood blister at mile mm -hmm. 17? Mm -hmm. What's it feel like? when you wake up and it is pouring rain and you visualize yourself running anyway. That way, when you visualize the work, you are preparing your body for it so you're not resistant to it when it comes. Yeah, Isn't that cool? I think it's great. It's um, a story that I had, um, George St. Pierre, who's one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time, he said that he always puts himself in the most uncomfortable situations in practice leading up to the fight. The most, you know, the hardest situations to get himself out of. When his arms are behind his back and he's faced against the, the mat in between the fence and he's just getting punched in the face. He's like, how do I get out of this? Right, right. He's like, visualize that and seeing how can I get through this? Yeah, yeah, when exactly. It seems, when it seems like I just want to tap out. Yes, Instead of tapping out, what's the process for figuring out how to get through it Yeah. to then raise my hand at the end victorious? Totally. And so you are literally building up almost like this resilience and this muscle inside of you to do the work to get the thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, create the vision board, but make sure in addition to crossing the finish line, you have somebody running in the rain. Right. You have somebody who, you have an alarm clock that says 513. You have, you know, these images that show the mm. stuff that you don't want to do. So like for people who want to launch a business, for example, like a lot of people that I'm sure follow both of us are dying to launch a business or interested in being an influencer, social media, or making money online. And what you visualize are the checks or you visualize the money you're going to make or you visualize how cool it's going to be when you're a lifestyle entrepreneur or whatever mm. the hell it is. Don't do that. Visualize working a day job 
and telling your friends that you're not going to go out tonight because you're right. working on something. Yeah. Visualize making cold calls and being told no. Visualize not going to that party because you're staying in on a Saturday and not going to the barbecue because you're putting in the work. Yeah. Visualize sitting at a seminar and learning from other people. Visualize watching YouTube videos. Visualize your first ever course failing miserably. Right. Like literally that's the sort of thing that you want to visualize yourself doing and pushing through because that's gonna help you do the work. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I think that's great. Yeah, yeah, visualizing. So in order to manifest what you want, don't just visualize the good things happening, visualize the bridge, all the things it's gonna take to get Yes, there. And, and, and the hard parts of the bridge because then you're ready for it. Mm -hmm. Then you're like, I didn't expect this to be this hard. I mean, it's still gonna be right, hard, right? but you're less likely to quit. Yes. So what have you done in the last five years to help you manifest after the first book? Were you doing this as well? Or kind of once you get on a rhythm and, and build momentum, does it become easier to manifest in your opinion? Well, so I am constantly training my mind to work for me. And there's this little trick that I talk about in the book that is all sort of the beginning of having a high five attitude. Mm -hmm. And a high five attitude is the ability to catch yourself when you're going mentally low and to flip yourself back up into a high five attitude. Okay. The thing that I know to be true is that you cannot control the things around you. You can't control what's going to happen. You can't even control how your nervous system might respond or what thoughts might pop into your head. But you can always choose what you do next and what you make it mean, right? And so that's where mm. all the power is. Yes. And so I uh, do this thing where I, this is again, it's gonna sound so dumb, but it's a way for me to introduce you to the power that your mind has to change in real time. Okay. We've talked a lot about negative self-talk. And part of the reason why negative self-talk is so crippling is not only because you've repeated it for so long and now it's a pattern, but it's also because you have a filter on your brain called the reticular activity system, mm -hmm. okay? This puppy is the keys to everything. And, and it's remarkable that uh, most of us have never heard of it. We've experienced it but we don't know how to use it to our advantage. Mm -hmm. So first, let me tell you what the RAS does. Then I'm gonna give you an example of uh, when you've experienced it in your life. And then I'm going to explain to you how to use it to get what you want in life. This okay. is like the Perfect. super attractor manifesting and it also works for um, interrupting negative self-talk. Like it's gonna supercharge all the work you're doing with the mirror and interrupting thoughts. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean Every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. 
Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. So first, let's talk about the RES. So the RES, imagine a hairnet on your brain, only it's like electric, meaning it's alive, okay? Now, the RES has one job, and the job is block out 99% of what's going on and let in 1% of what's going on. Our brains at this moment in history are having to process about 34 days mm. worth of cell phone data in one day. Crazy. It's crazy. And so your RES has a monster job. It's like a bouncer at a bar. Mm -hmm. You're not coming in. You can come in. And you've experienced this. So have you ever shopped for a car? Yes. Okay. So what's the last car you bought? Tesla. Oh, Tesla. Oh, fancy. Yeah, Lewis yeah. House. I like that. Well, I never had a, I never had a nice car until three years ago. I had a $4,000 car for five years before that. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I have no Bluetooth. I have no, it's like, I just needed yeah. an upgrade. Yeah, no, I love it. it you deserve it. was a 1991. Dude, you deserve it. I had a 1991 Cadillac. And I was like, okay, you deserve buy it. a car. So I bought a Tesla, yeah. Right. And so before you thought about buying a Tesla, you drive down the road, you don't really think about it. The second oh. you're like, you know, I think I'm interested in a Tesla. What do you see everywhere? Teslas. Yes, everywhere. Oh, everywhere. My husband just bought a pickup truck. I never even noticed them. Now I'm like, there are baby blue pickup trucks everywhere. <laughs> what is going on? That's the bouncer in your brain. Uh -huh. And let me tell you how this works. There are only four things that automatically get through the bouncer in your brain, the RES. Number one, your name. So you've experienced being in a crowded place and somebody's like, you think you hear Lewis and you're like, huh, somebody call my name? That was the bouncer in your brain. The second thing that always gets let in is any threat to your safety so there are loud noises all, over the, all the time, but only ones in close proximity make you go like this. Mm -hmm. That was the bouncer in your brain letting it in. Okay. The third thing that gets let in is when you sense that your partner is interested in sex with you or somebody else. You're like, Chris, you know, uh -huh. who are you looking? Stop looking at her. You know what I'm saying? You kind of pick up on the signals. That's the bouncer in your brain. And the fourth one, and this is where, this is the billion dollar thing that everybody needs to know. The bouncer in your brain lets in whatever you think is important to you. Mm. So when you get intentional about telling your brain what's important to you, like I'm interested in a Tesla, your brain's literally like, oh, let's all, let all the Teslas in. Come on in. Here's the downside to this. If you have told yourself that you are a bad person for the last 10 years, guess what your brain thinks is important? Mm. Examples that mean you're a bad person. Right. So I'm going to give you a very specific example. So I personally don't think I'm a bad person. I don't think I'm perfect, right. but I know I do my best. I mean well. I don't have that story about myself mm -hmm. at all. I used to, but I don't. And um, let's say I oversleep and I miss the dentist. I miss a dentist appointment. I'm like, oh, I got to pay the 25 bucks. I got to reschedule that thing. That kind of blows. That's all I think. And then I go on. If my daughter, who constantly beats herself up and says she's a bad person, this is a real example, by the way, she oversleeps, misses a dentist appointment, and it becomes, see, I always screw everything up. Uh -huh. I'm a terror. I'm always messing things up. I'm a like everything that gets let in confirms that you're right, a right. bad person. She finds proof and evidence. Yes, yeah. that's the bouncer in your mind. I'm here to tell you that when you get intentional about what you want to think about yourself, it changes in mm. real time 
what your brain lets in and what it doesn't. That helps you with the other things that you're doing. The high five in the mirror, the I'm not thinking about that, the pathetic mantra. Hey, you know, just because I missed the dentist appointment doesn't mean I'm a bad person. I'm doing the best I can here. Give myself a break. High five. You know what I'm saying? Shake it off. Get back in there. Um, (laughs) It's true, right? Right. Because it's these little things Somebody cuts you off. Somebody reaches for the last thing of cereal that you wanted to buy at the grocery Mm. store. You think it's like a sign that the world's out to get you. This is all your story and your mind skewing the world to prove all of the stuff you keep repeating. And the only way to get a handle on it is to start acting the opposite. Like high five yourself, even though you don't feel like it. Interrupt the crap that you keep saying. Put your hands on your heart and settle your body down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All of these things are things that somebody does when they care about themselves, when they think they deserve to be treated with kindness, when they think they deserve support, and when they realize they need it. And when you start to build yourself back up, you'll show up very differently in other relationships. Absolutely. You know, if you tolerate this kind of treatment from yourself, you'll tolerate it from other people. Mm -hmm. It does begin with you. And when you create boundaries and you don't abandon yourself, then you won't abandon yourself with other people either. You won't let them cross the boundaries. Correct. Like if you stand in front of the mirror every single morning and you're like, I look like crap. I am not good enough. I'm unhappy with my life. And then you step into a relationship and somebody leaves you on red and they ghost you for three days. Like you come to expect that because Mm -hmm. that's how you believe you think you deserve to be treated. When you stand in front of a mirror and you're like, hey, you're awesome. We got this. I got you. I know it's hard. You know, we're going to go do this. Or, hey, this is a big day today. I've got this huge presentation. I am going to destroy this. You know, like you you get into it. You're excited. Like then you're creating momentum Mm -hmm. for yourself. Yeah. Otherwise, what? You're going to stand there and be like, oh, my God, I screwed this up. I'm not prepared. Like it's it's like the negative morning routine. Mm -hmm. It leads to negative actions. Absolutely. So this training thing, training your RES. So here's Mm -hmm. what I want you to do. Starting tomorrow, after you wake up and make your bed and kind of settle your nervous system and high five yourself after setting your intention. So now you're like sending yourself into your morning routine in a totally different way with a calm down nervous system and intention and this boost of feeling supported and loved and celebrated. Um, I want you to find one naturally occurring heart shape as you go through your day. Mm, I saw this in your book. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a stone. It could be a leaf on the ground. It could be a cloud shape. It could be a coffee stain. Uh, It could be an oil stain on the floor of a garage. It could be a spot on a dog walking by. I want you to tell your mind, let's find a heart. Let's see if we can find a heart. And something weird's going to happen. You're going to see something. And then I want you to literally supersize what's going on in your brain. And what you do is when you see the heart, I want you to then take a moment and literally congratulate yourself, like feel like, oh my God, I found it. Like whatever you believe in God, the universe, like greater connection, you put that there for me and I found it. Mm. And I want you to feel this kind of wave of, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I just saw a heart. And then that positive thing, Remember how I told you the bouncer in your brain pays attention to what's important to you. Mm -hmm. When you get your nervous system celebratory involved, 
that makes your brain really pay attention. Just like trauma makes your brain pay attention. It does. So you supercharge the experience by celebrating it and then look for another one around. I see hearts all day long. Yeah. And what happens when you start to play this game is you will start to realize you are walking by an entirely different world every single day because you're not looking for it. Mm -hmm. There are opportunities. There are signs. There are mile markers on your path that you are literally tuning out. Yes. And we can all sit in this moment, Lewis, and look back and see how the dots of our life connect us here. The coolest thing about practicing the high five habit, this training of finding hearts and the high five attitude is that you start to ground yourself in the idea that this too is a dot on the map of your life and it is leading you somewhere incredible. Mm -hmm. And when you start to have that kind of high five attitude, that there are signs, whether it's the little hearts that you're now seeing, or it's your ability to catch guilt or people pleasing or insecurity or the negative self-talk and be like, nope, not going down, not thinking about that, five, four, three, two, one. Let's get that high five attitude back. I can I can do this, I, I can have my own back. It's not yeah. gonna be perfect, but I can keep going. So you were just talking about how you never truly learned how to love yourself in your own skin. And you started this daily ritual, this habit of high-fiving yourself in the mirror. Yeah. How, I mean, you're, you've, lived a, you've lived a pretty full life right now, but you feel like really you've never truly learned how to love yourself, but now you feel like you know how to? Yes, I do. Why did you not know how to love yourself in the first place? Oh, that's a big question. Um, I think that most of us are not taught how to love ourselves just for being alive. For existing. For existing. Thank you. It's always like we have to accomplish something. Correct. Then we can get love. Yes. It's it's the same thing with happiness. Like you're chasing it and you think that if you achieve something, you're going to get it. And you also, or at least I felt the most loved when I was little, when I was achieving something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that most parents kind of fall into this camp. And it's really interesting to write a book about this and sort of trace back how we go from being little teeny babies that would crawl up to a mirror and put our hands up and kiss ourselves and love the sight of ourselves to being a self-loathing adult that stands in front of a mirror and either ignores or criticizes your yeah. very existence. And I believe that a lot of this has to do with the fact that so much of what you learn <clears throat> as a kid is if you do what I tell you to do, then I'll like you, then I'll love you. And so much of your existence becomes complying, fitting in, not making people angry. You learn how to sort of go in and out of spaces, belong to groups, make mm -hmm. sure people like you, and you stop focusing on how you were born, which is looking in a mirror and liking yourself. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's episode with all the important links. And if you want weekly exclusive bonus episodes with me personally, as well as ad-free listening, then make sure to subscribe to our Greatness Plus channel exclusively on Apple Podcasts. Share this with a friend on social media and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Let me know what you enjoyed about this 
episode in that review. I really love hearing feedback from you and it helps us figure out how we can support and serve you moving forward. And I wanna remind you if no one has told you lately that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.